Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. This show inspires our listeners to improve their body and mind, and our intention is to fuse and unlock the conscious warrior and shift the balance in the current paradigm. It's about becoming an individualized self that knows, you know, the old philosophical saying, know thyself. You know, there's nothing more deep than that. Because if you know yourself, you can then know others and you can know a lot of other things. Embrace the grind. Embrace the struggle. Don't run away from hard things. Find something in your life on a weekly basis that's hard, that challenges you, and do it. Do it. We were born through struggle, we will die through struggle, and there's nothing more glorious. And the warrior is seeking a good life and a good death. Change your mind, change your life. What are we going to become as a society? Are we going to become like the board, like a board-like collective that is just led by one cue and you don't have any individuality anymore? Or are we going to have a, a... a powerful culture and society that is made up of empowered, confident, self-knowing individuals and start communicating to that person. Who is that person? Who are you? Where did you come from? What are you here to do? Are you here to just sit around and be ordered around and guided around by everybody else? Or are you here to become who you really are meant to be? Hey, what's up everyone? In this episode of the Send Podcast, we're joined by David Whitehead. David is a martial arts instructor, a passionate and dedicated coach in the holistic health and wellness field. You guys are in for an absolute treat with this episode. This podcast is certainly up there with one of the best episodes that we've done so far. And David really gives us an in-depth look and angle on his unique perspective on the warrior archetype and shares his ideas on the many modern-day applications of this ancient warrior philosophy. We also talk about who we are and what is our purpose here, what is the truth about, our history, our origins, what is really happening in the world today, should we question what we've been told, what are the real sources behind the problems that we face today, and what are the solutions to these problems. We talk about the modern-day warrior versus the warriors of the past, We talk about what it is to be a real warrior and what it is to be a truth warrior. And I absolutely love the concept of what we talked about on this podcast, being a real warrior or a truth warrior. It really resonates with something deep within my soul. And when I first came across David speaking about what it is to be a truth warrior, I was like, we need to get him on our podcast. There's just so many similarities he talks about that really resonates with our journeys. And I know it's going to resonate with your journey as well. And I think as well, with so much bad going on in this world, We can always get down and think, what can I do about this? What can I do about all this bad in the world? But what I realised in a big part of my journey was realising that I need to build my own protective temple. And I start to understand that we have control of our own body and mind. And what I like a lot about David's philosophy is focusing on what we can control, embracing our warrior and tapping our high potential. So I know this episode is going to resonate with you. But before we jump off this podcast, also please don't forget to leave a review of the podcast and just let us know what you think. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, 
David Whitehead. How, David, how was it? Um, I know you were on um, what was it called? Ancient Aliens. You were on, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've been on. Uh, I've been on for this latest season, couple episodes there. So it's kind of a fun project there on the side. Ah, cool. Is that the History Channel, isn't it? Yeah, History Channel. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, yeah. They contacted me uh, a couple. What was it last year? And I guess they found my show or something, and they were like, "Hey, we want you to come and check it out, do an interview." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so they they contacted oh, that's, me. That's, that's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah, that's cool. Is um is that is that like the new series coming up as well? Is it? Yeah, this is the the current series that's on air right now. It's on H two. And um, so they had interviewed me for like, I think, nine or ten episodes. And then they even brought me back to do some follow-ups with them. And so I've been kind of in, in this the episodes starting out. I think there's been, what, five episodes now? Um, I've been yeah. in each one most of the time, just like little clips. And then the latest ones I've been in a little bit more. So it's been kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Like yeah, I, I love the Ancient Aliens, mate. I absolutely love it. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's the closest in the mainstream you're going to get to uh, even yeah. talking about these things. And of course, there's some wacky yeah, wacky stuff in there, but um, there's some good there's some good points, and there's also a lot of good guys in there. And uh, at least it points people to go and check it out in more detail if they really want to know the real details, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was just going to say it makes people think definitely, and that's what we love to love for people to do is just think outside the box, man. Like think about going beyond traditional education and looking into like no seriously what is the truth absolutely that's what drives me that's what i do i mean that's what started me was i was like you know what there's a lot more that meets the eye to so many different areas of of our history of our current time and what's going on of human consciousness and psychology and all these different things and so to penetrate the veil so to speak and really try to go and look at those deeper questions and look at multiple perspectives on different things i think is so healthy for people to do and it just kind of blows me away how resistant people can be especially in the academic fields or people that did go through the traditional education system and just bought everything hook line and sinker you know it's just hard to get them to open up i find the best people to talk to about these kinds of things are people who are in any kind of artistic field like musicians or artists or um, yeah. people in the martial arts and that and whatnot, they seem to be a little bit more open because that's the whole process in the artistic fields is you have to be open to interpreting things in multiple different ways. So, you know, knowing that we might not have the final truth all the time and we might be wrong in certain points, that's fine because we're on an investigative process. We're always looking at things and yeah. looking at them again and trying to bring in new information as it comes along, you know? Yeah. I think that's the good thing about um, that type of mindset, like David, is like you when you are like an artistic type of mindset and, you, and you're constantly creating things, you're on, constantly creating these like new ideas as well. And like these new ideas, like con- contradict, all, like sorry, not contradict, but coincide against all the truth that has been like made up for you. You know what I mean? So like yeah. you are actually um, conferring against all these other truths, like supposed truths, but and that's where the creative side works, and that's what's beautiful about it, is like people with more of a creative mindset can figure this stuff out more like and get a, a wider perspective than somebody with a closed mind and that's that's brilliant and that, that's 
and with the internet, I think that's what's great about it now, is that we're all seeing it. We're yeah. all seeing a lot more truth. Yeah. It's so cool that I've been able to meet with people from all over the world, and we get to now have this global discussion and say, hey, what's going on in your country? What's going on in your life? What do you yeah. think? You know. And so it's, uh, it's an incredible time to be alive, I think, because we've never had this ability to communicate in this way, transfer information you know, at the flick of a button, whereas our forefathers and ancestors, you know, the people I reference in my work, uh, they had to labor for years to try to communicate information, to preserve information, to record information. Um, they had to oftentimes do it under duress. Um, a lot of stuff was written in prisons and things like that because, you know, look at, look at our history. It was, it was ruled by, you know, very small people, aristocrat, aristocracies and empires and kings and rulers. And so there was a lot of, um, it was a lot harder to, bring out a, a point or a yeah, different yeah. way of looking at things back then because there was such a strong grip with religion and with the way that uh, everything was run. So it was very, um, very uniform. And I feel like the global system, the global political system now and those uh, oligarchs at the top are trying to guide things back in that kind of direction. And uh, whereas now we see the opposite of that in the fields of art, in the fields of you know, alternative shows like this that are bringing attention to these things that are getting people to say, you know, don't just believe everything you hear and don't just uh, go along with the flow just because that's what everybody else is doing. Because guess what? Most people out there are not thoroughly investigating their opinions on these things. Uh, they are taking them secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand. Um, they are reading headlines only. They are uh, you know, downloading everything through social media. They're not actively, for the most part, engaged. And so when I do see people that are curious and really want to know, and they go, you know what, I just, I care about the truth. I just want to know the truth about who I am, why I'm here, and where we're going. And those yeah. kind of people are going to be able to dig deeper, and it's going to profoundly enrich a person's life if they go on this journey of studying philosophy and history and, and current events and all these different things. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely love the concept of like being a real warrior or truth warrior, like you were speaking about before as well. But I think it really, like, the reason why I liked it for is because it, it really resonated like deep within something in my soul. And um, actually, when I first came across you as well, like speaking about uh, the truth warrior, I was like, we're, we're both like we need to get him on the podcast, weren't we? Yeah, definitely. And um, but I think that's I think that's why because there's, there's so many similarities in the stuff that you talk about, and I think it's gonna it, like it's gonna really resonate with people who's listening to the podcast as well. Well, I really hope it does. And all I'm really doing here, like this work is, is really just the result of my own personal journey through the study and practice of martial arts, uh, studying uh, comparative religion, mythology, and, and philosophy. Uh, and really, this is just my current perspective and interpretation and, and adaptation of this information and, and this study. Um, I've studied martial arts both on a physical level throughout my entire life and also, you know, studying the history and the philosophy and the more esoteric aspects of it, uh, which isn't widely known. But I just want to say first off that what I'm talking about here with truth, I mean, some, that word truth is kind of thrown around a lot. And I mean, yeah. I'm not saying, I have the truth. Listen to me. Follow me. Um, in fact, it's quite the opposite. We're here to investigate truth together. And I, I know that's what you guys are all about as well. And this is not some kind of dogmatic religious ideology. This is an evolving philosophy and it's a process of continuing yeah. growth. And, uh, and that's how it's enriched my life. So I'm really just paying forward a debt of gratitude that I have to the mentors and the teachers and the awesome people that I've met and that have enriched my life. 
I'm really just trying to do due justice to this work and bring it forward to people because I know that this is a time where people are breaking out, out of their chains, they're breaking out of their shell, they're asking the questions. And in order to go on this process of seeking truth, um, the, the process of knowledge can only be sought after by a warrior and by a warrior in the definitions that I'm going to be giving with you guys today. So uh, that's that's really what we're here to do. We're here to warrior up. Yeah, I liked I liked how you said a uh, process there because I think the like the, the journey of like awakening is I don't like I don't like the word awakening but it is sort of it is a process but I think as well um, one of the reasons why I think um what you were talking about why it resonated with me is because like what I was thinking about was that we're living in a world where there is there is so much like um crap going on and there's so much manipulation as well hmm. but I think we, we don't have control of all the bad things that's going on in the world right but um, what what I realized is and a big part of my journey was actually like realizing that in a way, I thought that I need to build my own like protective temple, and like we have obviously we have control of our own body and mind. And what I like about like, your philosophy is that you actually focus on what we can control and tapping into that worry and tapping into our high potential. Yeah, thank you for saying that because I feel the exact same way. That's what really is behind what I'm doing here. Is that um, you know I I started going on the path of of kind of having that. Uh, very very rude awakening uh, so to speak to what was happening in the world and and studying history and it's kind of it can be quite daunting to to look around at yeah. what's happening i mean look what just took place again in france look what's going on geopolitically look what's going on in the financial system look it's you know it's as if the human race is at war with itself on every level every institutional level across the board and a lot of people feel they start becoming depressed about that. They start becoming disempowered because they look around and they don't see tons of examples of, of, uh, of powerful role models or, or ideologies that are really empowering. Um, but the thing is, is that you do have control over your own mind, your own temple, your own body, and what you're going to do and produce in this life. Uh, you do not have control and you do not have the right to control other people and other people's way of doing things and if they want to remain ignorant to these things and if they want to go down a path of self-destruction they have the perfect right to do that um, what we're trying to do what i think the best method is is we're trying to inspire we're trying to inspire positive change what did gandhi say be the change you want to see so everybody talks about wanting to change the system and wanting to change this and wanting to change that and they go out in the street and they wave all these different signs and they, they, you know, they're screaming bloody murder at everything they can and that's the first stage of reaction. That's kind of like the adolescent stage of reaction. But how do we really inspire change? And that's the question that's been kind of uh, plaguing my mind is, and I've realized that you've got to, you have to be an example, you have to focus on what you absolutely can control and you can you can regardless of all the things that seem out of your control there is a lot of things that you do have control over um, the number one thing is the process by which you uh, raise your intelligence you sharpen your intellect you contribute to living a healthy lifestyle uh, you know what you do in your everyday habits you know because most people guys let's be honest most people are governed by their fears by their habits and by the opinions of other people. And if you're in that state, you are, you are open to suggestion, if we take that sort of hypnotic term, right? And trust me, there are people that are trying to, uh, you know, suggest certain ways of thinking and, you know, buy this product and you're not complete without this and uh, vote for this person and, and follow along and you become, need to look this way. yeah, right. And become completely collectivized and, and you're not going to be an individual self. 
Um, whereas the warrior for me stands out as the example of what it is to be a free, sovereign individual. And, uh, you know, I'm very much a fan of Bruce Lee's work and his philosophy and so many others. And um, so what we're trying to do here is reconnect people and inspire them to not just go along to get along, to not just go along with everybody else and let the influences of their family and their social circles and the media and everything uh, guide and direct their lives and their destiny. We're here to tell people, take your destiny back, become empowered, learn about who and what you are and what your potential is, and then go out and do good work that inspires you and that inspires other people. And that will eventually bring about that positive change. But we can't force everybody else to just get on some bandwagon. That's never worked. Um, so what, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to just look at this from an individual perspective. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. With all Everything what you said there, David, was amazing. And like when you were describing the earth right at the beginning there, um, like what's going on in France, what's going on in Turkey, what's going on in the financial system, it's like if if we condensed like the earth into a human form and we just looked at it, you would immediately think that person has just not got it together. And that's what exactly what you were seeing, and I feel that straight away. It's like someone who hasn't found themselves yet. Yeah, it's true. If you look at it like a body and you look at it like a consciousness, it's at war with itself. And you know why? It's because individually, each human being that makes up this society, you know, that society that everybody's saying, oh, society this, society that, I don't want to be a part of society. Guess what? You are a part of society. And there's a, there's something that needs to happen in each individual because the external global environment is a reflection of each individual that makes up that environment. So we need to work on the state of war that we are at within ourselves. And my favorite story um, it's a Cherokee tale about the story of the two wolves. You guys ever heard that? It's the one where basically this child is going up to one of the elders of the tribe and uh, he's asking him why there are people who do good things and why there are people who do bad things and what can we do about those people that do bad things. And the elder says to him, well, each one of us has two wolves that are fighting inside of us. And one wolf represents all those negative traits like, you know, envy, jealousy, hatred, greed, arrogance, you know, guilt, resentment, all these different things, right? And then the other wolf represents, uh, you know, that blue flame of anger, you know, the true uh, humanity, joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, kindness, benevolence, empathy, all that stuff. And he goes, "These these two wolves are battling it out. And the little child says to the guy, he goes, well, which wolf wins? And the elder says to him, it's the one you feed. And he instantly, with that sentence, it, it, it broke me down when I first heard it. And I heard it probably when I was about 13 years old. And it inspired me because yeah. it gave me choice. It wasn't something that said, you are doomed to be a slave forever. You are doomed to be depressed or inferior or uh, loathing yourself or, or not confident or not successful forever. It gave me choice. It said, I don't have to succumb to that negative voice. I can monitor my own inner dialogue. I can work on myself. I can develop and refine myself. And all I was looking for at that point was a process by which to do it. Because I was raised in a very strict sort of religious background. And it didn't click with me at all. I had a very bad reaction to it, like an allergic reaction growing up automatically. And so I went and that's what, that's what drove me on the path of going to research this and study it and learn about it. And, um, and then I, I, and then I wasn't really getting much in school. And then, uh, my parents had homeschooled me for a time. And the whole time I was just constantly going on my own and just saying, all right, I'm going to research myself because I, I just can't trust anybody else to do it. 
And then I found martial arts and I found, I found it on a philosophical basis first. I, I started picking up some books at the library probably when I was about nine years old. Um, my parents forbid me from doing martial art training because they thought, oh, it's violent and it comes from Eastern philosophy, so it's corrupted and la la la. And I just kind of said, you know what? Let me try it, guys. Let me prove it to you. And um, now they're like my, they became my biggest fans and they support me tremendously. And I've had a tremendous impact on their lives. But um, I went and started secretly going out and looking into this information on my own. And I would read book after book and just getting it. And, and it was mostly the philosophy because I wasn't really allowed to train at that time. And then I started practicing stuff in my backyard. You know, you get a book with all the, you know, here's how you do a front kick. Here's how you do this. And I would just practice it. And yeah. then I started like injuring myself, right? Like I'd be trying to do flying sidekicks off my garage roof. My parents were like, okay, we got to get this kid into something because at least that way he'll be safe. So they finally put me into karate and then I started studying, you know, and I just, I never stopped. And, um, I found, I found a path that worked for me. Might not be the path that works for everybody out there, but all I, all I want to try to communicate to people is whether you want to go and study martial arts or not as a vehicle to win that battle of the two wolves. Um, then, you know, there's, there's at least a mindset and a philosophy that I can uh, relay. And whether you train it physically or not is totally up to you. I, there's many positive benefits to it. I definitely believe that. Um, but, Either either way, at least there's something I hope I can give to to empower and enrich and to bring forward this warrior archetype that I believe is a part of all of us and uh, and try to bring that forward and, and like I said, try to do some good justice to it. Mm. So David, like what drew you to the warrior archetype? Well, it, it came from a place of when I was young, I was a small, scrawny little guy. And I was going through a lot of stuff, um, just, you know, a lot of personal things, just with family environment and the environment I lived. And I was surrounded by the energy of fear and anxiety growing up. And it was bad. It was to the point where I had stomach migraines and I was, um, I was constantly anxious. You know, my, my mom was in and out of the hospital as I was growing up and I was living with other people and it was just horror. I, I just wasn't, I wasn't able to settle in and start living my life. And so it kind of threw me off right from the beginning. And so I was looking for something to give me some answers because otherwise uh, I was moving more and more towards just being depressed and not wanting to do much of anything. And it, I, I, I just naturally knew that if I could wait out the storm, I would find some answer. And I just kept, you know, doing my thing. And like I said, starting to research this information. And it just, once I picked up the first book, like I said, it was probably, I was about nine years old. I had watched like Ninja Turtles and stuff growing up and caught a couple of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Um, you know, my parents didn't know about that. I was like, yeah, I snuck out to my friend's house and we watched like Bloodsport, you know. And uh, it just, it's something about it was there that was like, hey, and I was also kind of picked on a lot because I was a small kid. And, 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 and so I was like, these guys are powerful. These guys are strong, but they're also moral. They've got this code of honor and chivalry that's just... I don't know. They just looked like they stood apart and they walked with this confidence, but not this arrogance. And that really attracted me. And I, I just, I wanted to emulate that. I wanted to be that person. And I used to fantasize about the day that I would get my black belt, you know? And when I walked into this karate dojo in uh, Yorkton, Saskatchewan, that I started training in, I walked in there and it just, it had such a profound effect on me watching these people train. And I said, oh my God, I have to do this. It just, something inside my heart just called out. And I, I remember walking into the back of the change room to put my first 
uh, uniform on and my white belt and everything. I didn't know how to tie the thing or whatever. And I'm <laughs> sitting there and hanging on the hook was this old, tattered, worn out black belt. And it was just hanging there. I think somebody forgot it. And I just, it was like I looked at the Holy Grail, like a light shined on it. And I'm like, ah, you know. <laughs> and I just thought, to me, that was a symbol of perfection or a symbol of moving towards a process of perfection and, and gaining that confidence that I was so badly needing at that time and that every child needs in their life. And the minute I started on that track, my mind started changing instantly. And anytime I would feel any kind of uh, anxiety or anger, I had a lot of anger issues too growing up, which is natural, you know, when you're repressing a lot of stuff. And anytime I would feel that, I would go train. And it was as if it cleansed me every single time. And then when I was in my teens, you know, early teens, uh, you know, I was still having some issues and things were happening and my parents didn't know what to do. So they recommended me to some psychologist or whatever. And um, they start trying to give you medication. And I'm like, I I just, I'm just confused. I just need answers. I don't need meds. I just need to know thing. I'm, I'm missing something, you know, I've been, I need to continue uh, rehabilitating myself. And I, I just, the more I trained and the more I focused on this type of philosophy, the, the better everything got. And it got to a point where I just said, you know what? Nobody is going to do this for me. Nobody is going to figure out these answers that I am looking for for me. I need to do this on my own. And so I started doing that. And once I accepted that, my mindset completely changed. And I've never regressed back to any form of... Uh, you know, lack of confidence or fear, any of that kind of stuff. I, it's, yeah. it's always been a guiding light for me. And now, you know, I've, I've been training like my, most of my life. I've achieved many different degrees in many different arts. But for me, it was just because I was in that dojo every single day and I couldn't get enough of it. And now I teach and now I, you know, I try to pass that on and I figure, you know, I can, I can teach people how to defend themselves and how to get in shape. But I would also really love to communicate the best parts of martial arts to people, which is, the history and the philosophy behind it and so that's where this whole work was born yeah i liked how you said guide because i think i think that's what we've got to follow that inner guide and it's really interesting because i think um i think all through time that that like warrior archetype it has it's been embedded in our human ethos and it feels like in a way it's always been like something like embedded in our dna in a way as well mm. and i think before as well when you were talking about the battle of the two uh, the two wolves in a way i think like when you've seen before we just need to feed that right wolf yeah. And like maybe maybe that will unlock our next like the DNA to the next level for us. Yeah, I think so. And I've seen it happen and I've felt it happen in my own life where you're activating brain cells, you're activating different things in your body. Um when your body is in a good state of health, funny thing happens, it starts working better <laughs> and you don't get sick and your mindset changes. You know, a lot of depression, if people are listening to this show and they're suffering from depression or they know somebody suffering from depression, do you know that a lot of that is now being shown to be linked to nutrient deficiency? And that just yeah. makes sense if you think about it. So yeah, there's yeah. environmental factors, there's the state of mind that you're in, your belief systems and all that. Um, but there's also the fact that when you take care of the body from a perspective of true optimal health, um, then you are giving the body everything it needs. And when the body has everything it needs, Everything works better and more efficiently. So that's the first step that I work with people because um, I can't expect every person walking into my uh, martial arts studio to just 
want to latch onto it with the same passion that I have, my job is to ignite that passion and to share it. And the best way to do it is to get them on a health level first and say, all right, let's look at the diet. Let's look at, um, you know, kind of any kind of ailments that you have and work on it from uh, a nutritional standpoint first. Um, let's make sure you're, eat, you're drinking clean drinking water and you're eliminating a lot of these, you know, sugar drinks and, and garbage and too much alcohol, etc. Uh, let's, let's look at your diet. Are you eating the right kind of micro and macronutrients? Do you have a lot of antioxidant, uh, antioxidants in your diet? Um, are you taking any good supplements? You know, what can we do to help with that? And then from there, we start the physical work and then it becomes ultimately a work of consciousness, uh, really in the end. And the physical work of training is not about learning how to fight. It's about learning how to stop a fight or how to end a fight or how to heal uh, a situation. And mostly you're fighting yourself. So uh, this is where the magic really starts to happen is when, you know, and I can't explain this to people. I just have to kind of get them to go through it, kind of like a Mr. Miyagi kind of thing where you're like, yeah, you don't know why you're standing the floor right now. Although yeah. I, don't, I don't make my students stand on the floor, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> hypothetically, uh, we don't know why you might, you might not know why you're doing this, but you will figure it out as you go. Um, so it's a very sort of apophatic process that we go through in this type of training. And then later on, they start to realize this is more about really training their mindset and pulling. Like you were saying, I believe there's sort of like a filiogenetic race memory that runs through yeah. all of us. And that all, at all times in history, there has been a need for this immune system response known as a warrior in society and it has had both malignant forms and benevolent forms and so when you're studying the history of warriorship throughout all these different cultures and and you're studying martial arts there is just as much positive as negative and so it's up for the individual to dissect that and try to pull the best of it out and let's and i, I my question was and this is the question of my forthcoming book and this whole thesis is how can we pull the best of these ancient warrior philosophies um, and bring it into a modern day context that will actually work for the average everyday person. And I believe that's the job of any sensei or teacher or professor out there in this field is to try to give contextual understanding to the students so that they can enrich their lives and become better people and become better individuals and, and to become empowered and to become confident uh, to know who they are. Because that's what is necessary if you're going to be going into combat or defending yourself or defending loved ones, you better have some confidence and you better yeah. uh, know who you are and know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And when you're in their training every day, you're being confronted with both your strengths and your weaknesses. So it's not a literal thing that you're doing. It's really more of a metaphorical type of uh, exercise. Yeah. David, it's like amazing because you are creating like these internal warriors in all your students and the warrior doesn't begin on the outside it always begins on the inside and i think throughout time like warriors have been the ones who've wrought real change in history and like many people would think oh a warrior he's just someone who would just fight in a war but it's completely different to that and what is a warrior archetype to you david and what is your philosophy behind a, a real warrior well, yeah, good point. Um, and I, I've always given this definition out because I want people to understand. You know, there's a lot of people, especially in sort of the new age circles, that cringe when you talk about warrior because like, oh, well, the word war is in that. So you must be about war and violence and all that. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's start from the beginning here. Yeah. So here's the ABCs. Warrior, as defined in the dictionary, um, has two, in my opinion, rather comedic definitions. Uh, they say, a, a warrior is a brave or experienced soldier or fighter. Okay, so that's 
that's cool. You know, pretty topical though. Um, and then yes. the second one is that a warrior is any number of standing poses in yoga in which the legs are held apart and the arms are stretched outwards. <laughs> so, so this is the information most people get. Um, you know, the dictionary definition is basically, yeah, you're a brave, experienced soldier or fighter, or it's a yoga pose, and that's it. Uh, and that's the end of the discussion. So, uh, and then of course we've seen so many times throughout, you know, let's say the, even the last hundred years, you know, forgetting about what people think they know about history. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of bad things, you know, bad wars and, and, and immoral things and soldiers coming back now, uh, they're, they're killing themselves more than they're dying in combat. That's, that's how horrible the situation is. Um, and they're being ordered around by a bunch of psychopaths for the most part. And they're not, they're not working from a true state of what warriorship is. And not every warrior in history was someone that picked up a sword, by the way. Many of them picked up a pen. Many of yeah, them yeah. were philosophers and teachers, and I look at them as warriors. Like you know, you look at these guys like even Alan Watts and Christian Murdy, and um, you know these these different figures throughout history that were trying to inspire people to go on this path of self discovery. Uh, you know, you read the works of Don Juan, um, you read uh, the works of Bruce Lee, and what he was trying to encourage people to do, and and bring it into an artistic expression. And then you read the works of Mora Hayashiba, you know, the founder of the art of Aikido talking about the beautiful philosophy of, of what this was. It was a method of cleansing. Um, and so what I did with the warrior definition was I just kind of went through what I feel the warrior defined should be. Okay, so here it is. A warrior, in this context, understands honor, values honor, and possesses honor. And what is honor? Well, honor is composed of the three tenets of justice, obligation, and courage. Justice is simply knowing the difference between right and wrong and choosing to do what is right, which is incredibly hard a lot of times because when you're surrounded yeah. by people who are influenced by other people and who maybe don't know and don't have a strong sense of true morality and virtue, they tend to express the opposite of it and they have to do harm to themselves first before they can even begin to do harm to other people. So if they're doing harm to other people, just imagine the, the, the chaos they've already wreaked on themselves. So justice is understanding true natural law and what is moral and what is not. Obligation is the requirement that you repay every kindness and assistance that you have accepted from others and that you uphold your duty to justice. Courage is the willingness to act justly and fulfill your duties despite fear of personal loss, criticism from others, or of harm. So a warrior recognizes that his or her abilities carry a responsibility and has the courage to act on that responsibility. So we're really, this isn't just some philosophical thing now. This is about taking positive action backed yeah. up by courage in your life, whether you're dealing with that boss that's shouting down at you or that spouse or that family member or whether you're dealing with some tyrannical psychopathic politician or whatever, you're going to stand for the truth even though you might be absolutely lambasted by everybody else around you or ostracized or whatever. You're going to do it because it is right and because you, you've empowered yourself to the point where you don't give a shit if other people are uh, you know, going against you. So the warrior trains diligently in the arts and sciences of survival, self-defense, scholarly study, and character development. So to me, that was a little bit better than just it being some goddamn yoga yeah. pose. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely, I think as well, I was thinking like it, it certainly has, like when you said about the definition in the, in the dictionary, it's, it is laughable because I think the, like when you think about it, the way the warrior has been misunderstood by the people. And I think, 
many people don't actually understand like the true warrior ethos. Mm-hmm. And like you said before, like you used the word honor. It is about that. It's like it's about having a good character and it's about integrity. And I think them 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 things do play a part in being a real warrior. And I think many people think that in modern day society, like I said before, and you were saying as well that it's it's, it's about being a soldier in a war, but that just couldn't be so untrue because the definition of that of the worry it is it's shallow and it's narrow and it's untrue and i mean if you think about it, like a soldier in a war obviously it, it, they do take orders and obviously they've been they're doing what they're being told to do mm. obviously that's their job but it doesn't make doesn't make him or her like a warrior like they're involved in killing and killing and battles and things like that but it doesn't make them true warriors and probably in fact i would probably argue that most mercenaries are probably like are far from being true warriors because they're just taking orders and they're just doing a job that they appear to do at the end of the day, they're not thinking for themselves. They're taking orders. That's ultimately coming from agenda, which is yeah. obviously a podcast probably for another day. But hmm. like, is that the attitude of a true warrior? No, you know what I mean. I yeah, know. yeah. This is an important point because um, you know, funny the term warrior or soldier, by the way, uh, is actually comes from the Latin term solidus, which in Roman times was meant uh, you know a gold coin, really. Yeah. So it was somebody that fights for pay. So technically, that word soldier applies only to somebody who fights for pay. Now, I'm not saying that soldiers in today, there aren't, there aren't soldiers that are warriors or embody this. There absolutely are. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that it's not the culture in our modern day soldiering practices. It's not the yeah. culture. The, it's not uh, something that is part of the training. The, actually, the part of the training, you know, you just got to watch uh, some great Stanley Kubrick films like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, What's that one where they're they're training the guys for I think it's for Vietnam or whatever um, Full Metal Jacket. You know, you watch Full Metal Jacket and you get kind yeah, of like you know. And I've spoken to a lot of people in the military, and a lot of times it's very much like that where they have to actually dehumanize you, reprogram you, and then completely disconnect you from your inner self and your inner voice. And yeah. to me, the warrior that's the difference. The warrior was part of the tribal aspect was part of the you know the the defending the country defending the community defending their family from a true place of honor and integrity and they followed their heart as opposed to just following some orders now technically on the battlefield if you have an army that needs to defend a community or whatever it will have to work together and follow orders from the guys that know what they're doing but um, what happens is that can easily become a very malignant and, and you can actually be sacrificing yourself for some collective group of people that wear a uniform that have a particular belief that the person, the people that they're killing are not human and therefore their job is to just, you know, do whatever they've got to do. And it turns, what do we see coming back? Even in the mainstream news reporting on the horrors coming back that are being yeah. done by some of these troops because they've been, they've been turned into sociopaths. They've been turned into people that are, uh, are, are giving up the true aspects of themselves. And that's why, that's the source behind why they are, um, you know, depressed and coming back with all these psychological dis- disabilities and they're killing themselves and all of that is because they, their moral integrity, their humanity can't handle what they're being asked to do. Um, and we can debate as to whether their job right now is, is, is a good thing or not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the way it's being done is missing something. There are ingredients missing in the training for both the police and the military. And um, I've had the honor of training yeah. many of police members and working with them and helping them with this. But, um, you know, you need to give people some true understanding of moral philosophy or otherwise, as the best martial art masters have written, otherwise you're just a brute soldier. And we don't yeah. want that. We want 
Um, do you want to be defended by a bunch of brute soldiers who could easily turn on you at any moment or who would follow orders and do some horrible things? Or would you rather your gates be guarded by true warriors that, uh, you know, think of like the Knights of the Round Table mythology and think of the, think of, uh, you know, just the, 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 you know, the brave hearts, you know, the William Wallaces and the, the people that really in history stood out as true individuals that knew when to stand and how to do it and had the courage to do it. You know, you want people like that, that are connected to the truth, which is why we call us, of course, Truth Warrior. Mm. I, I like that, David. I like that a lot. But I also like to think of it as like um, a person who actually joins up for the military uh, in service. That is them wanting to express a belief that they have. And this is before all um, before the training begins. Like They already have a belief in place that they want to do good for their nation. Yeah. They want to defend something, like whether it's their integrity, honor, whatever it is inside them, they feel like joining the military will progress that. And like, I also think like these soldiers, like they go through this training, like with this belief, because that's all they've truly got. Yeah. Like they might not have the family on board. They might not have, they might not have um, a whole um, squadron on board or whatever they're called. Um, but they still will have, will always have that belief in their cause in their own mind, because that's their belief that they're defending the nation, they're, they're defending their home, and they're they're protecting the public from the um, safety of the of the from the wars and well, the thing, yeah, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they still feel like they're like the same deep warrior. That's, yeah. And you're right. I've spoken to many. I've I've had the honor of speaking to a lot of them, and they, I believe that. Most of them, 90% of them, you know, go in there with a good intention, you know, um, to, to do exactly that. And I, I remember having a conversation with a couple uh, active U.S. military and they were uh, I was actually up at Alex Gray's art ranch in just outside of New York. And we were staying there the night and checking out his art museum. And uh, he was doing a speaking tour for us in Canada. And um, we were there and we we're hanging out. A bunch of these, a couple of these guys came in. And you could tell, you know, the buzz cuts, the whole thing. Right away, I was like, okay, these guys are soldiers for sure. <laughs> and we start talking to them and they're like, yeah, we're active. We're just, we're on a leave right now. All of our other unit is in New York hitting the bars and the strip clubs. And here we are seeking answers because we don't know what to do. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. So we sit down, we're having a little Jack Daniels and we're like, okay, wh what do you mean? What's going on? How are you doing? What's, what's it like being in the military? And they were, they were just really like eyes are shifty and they were really kind of like, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know, um, you know, our, our parents were, you know, my dad was in the military. His dad was in the military. We grew up. It was a great job. They sponsored everything, all our education. Like now I know how to, you know, rebuild an engine in a plane and all that stuff. I was like, wow, that's impressive. And they go, but, yeah. but we're not, you know, like, dude, we're being trained to take on and arrest American citizens. And we're working yeah. on guerrilla warfare and we're working on all these things. And I looked at them and I said, well, would you do that? Would you, if ordered, would you shoot or arrest American citizens in, say, a financial collapse or whatever? And uh, they're like, no, no, we never would. And, you know, so many of the guys we know would never do it, but we're being trained for that if we have to. And I'm like, okay, so what's you, what are you going to do? And what was your original desire of get, becoming a soldier? And they said, yeah. it, they said, they go, well... We wanted to stand up for what was right. We wanted to help stop evil. We wanted to help uh, bring freedom to our country. We want to protect our country. And they gave me all the right things. And I said, you know, you're talking to the right guy because, you know, have you ever heard of this type of, 
of, of way of looking at it. Have you ever studied these work with these works of martial arts and all that? And then they start opening up about how they've always been interested in it. And um, we had this long conversation and really a good heart to heart where these guys were kind of lost. They didn't know what to do. They were young guys, you know, maybe uh, you know early twenties, and yet they still had a moral compass. That that was what it was. It was like an, a moral alarm bell was going off that what they were being told to do wasn't correct. Wasn't the right thing to do wasn't what they signed up for and now they just didn't know what to do and so my my message is to to any of these people to say you know we're not telling you quit the military we're telling you let's let's rebuild it from within let's get these guys understanding this philosophy so that we can yeah. change it from within and and bring them back to doing the duty that they always wanted to do and that their actual function is which is to defend the nation not to go around and start wars of aggression overseas and take over land resources and to kill people, but to defend the nation and to stand up as a warrior in our society. So, um, and that's just one level of it. You know, even the people listening to this show, you don't have to go sign up in martial arts or sign up for the military. You can be a warrior right where you sit. You know, yeah. you can be somebody that's out there um, choosing love over fear, choosing courage over fear, choosing morality over immorality, doing the right thing instead of the wrong thing in your everyday life. Now you're on the track to warriorship. So um, there's, a there's a huge section in my presentation and in what I do about the moral components of warriorship. And, um, you know, I, I just have a quick quote here from Mora Hayashiba to really illustrate this. You know, once again, talking about what a definition of a true warrior is. Speaking of which, this guy was the guy that wrote about it. So he yeah. said, the way of the warrior has been misunderstood. The way of the warrior is to establish harmony. True Budo, and Budo just means the way of the warrior. True Budo calls for the bringing of the inner energy of the universe in order, protecting the peace of the world, as well as preserving everything in nature in its right form. Now, does that sound a little different than yeah. this just like being it. you're a soldier going out to kill people? It's a totally different idea, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I was a good, brilliant quote that, and I think as well, like I was going to see, I think, to go back as well, I think, like like we said, killing killing like killing someone doesn't make you a warrior. It just it simply just makes you someone who's killed another human being. Simple as in my opinion. Yeah. And um, like you were saying before, a, a real warrior, it's about honor and it's about it's about standing up for a real cause, like a cause that benefits the whole of humanity. And I think they're the real principles of a true warrior in my eyes. And I think when that belief system does change, everything opens up for people. But I think like if you think about a warrior, warrior gives it all for love, like love of life and love of freedom and love for like love for a principle of this planet and all them things upon it and like like you said before the willingness to sacrifice it all for them real things yeah and it's it's a it is a pro like you are going to have to sacrifice in your life yeah. to go on a path of seeking um and especially when you're seeking outside the box we kind of started off talking about you know thinking outside the box and um that takes a lot of guts these days because now you know those bullies can follow you on social media these people can be shouting you yeah. down from everywhere um, and you know, maybe there's people in your family that disagree with the fact that you're questioning things or you're going on your own your reason and all that. But, um, it's imperative that people do this and that they communicate the value of doing that because otherwise, what are we going to become as a society? Are we going to become like the Borg, like a Borg like collective that is just led by one cue and you don't have any individuality anymore? Or are we going to have a, a powerful culture and society that is made up of empowered confident self-knowing individuals what's the what's the better situation i mean look at a relationship 
If you're in a relationship with not right now, maybe you've got a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, or a husband or wife or whatever. Um, if, if one or both of those people are so desperately reliant on that other person for every breath of air, they become, you know, the stage four clinger, right? Um, is that, is that recipe for success in that relationship? Or could that have something to do with this rate of divorce and, you know, people not able to stay together and hold the relationship together anymore? Well, of course. So what's the, what's the antidote to that? Well, if you had two individuals who knew who they were, who were empowered, who, who were able to express love regardless because they know they love themselves, they know and love themselves, then you now have a dynamic where both people are rowing the boat. Both people are actually working together in true human commerce. You know what I mean? Instead of this fake setup where it's all aesthetic, it's all about, you know, uh, the wrong things. And uh, our young people are not being educated about this. So, you know, we're just, I almost feel like you're seeing these articles where, you know, guys aren't even dating girls anymore because, you know, it's a totally different woman today and they don't know what to do and nobody knows and the relationships are falling apart a lot faster and, you know, there's all these online things now and it's just, it's a different playing field. And I think that um, this also bears into this warrior thing because it's about becoming an individualized self that knows, you know, the old philosophical saying, know thyself. You know, there's nothing more deep than that because if you know yourself you can then know others and you can know a lot of other things um and you won't turn into some malignant psychopath but uh unfortunately you know we uh, we fall prey to these kinds of things today yeah definitely i think as well david that's where we've got to like we have got to realize we've got to change our approach as well i think we've got to we've got to start realizing that we need to create like a good balance in life and um there was a, a quote that i was uh, like i like and it's talking about um talking about balance and the fact that a warrior has to be like an artist, a philosopher and a poet. I think you mentioned it before, mm. but that just, that couldn't be so more true, that quote, because we have got to create that balance in life and that's what it's all about. You've got to be multidimensional in all these different segments of your life. Oh yeah. You'll like this one then. This is a good one. This Sorry. comes from Diadoji, uh, Budo, it was a Budo philosophy book and basically it said, uh, for Bushido, the three qualities of loyalty, right conduct, and bravery are essential. We speak of the loyal warrior, the loyal warrior, the righteous warrior, and the valiant warrior. And it is he who is endowed with all three of these virtues who is the warrior of the highest class. So, you know, you've got all these tenets. They would say, exactly, the warrior was a poet, an artist, a scholar. Uh, when I received my degree and I became a sensei, that term sensei comes with three tenets. You know, it should be a warrior, a scholar, and a student, an eternal student, an eternal warrior, and an eternal scholar, you're constantly seeking knowledge. Um, so that that is the key, is that you're not just a one-dimensional thing where you just know how to dismember somebody within 30 seconds. You yeah. are a multi-dimensional person that is knows how to... Uh, you know, survive, how to defend themselves in the real world, how to defend themselves verbally. I mean, I, I believe in verbal jujitsu first, <laughs> um, yeah, how to be strong enough and have that integrity. Uh, and then ha- to have the moral compass, to have that ability to go and seek more knowledge and to have the courage to do that. And, and also the discipline to do that. A lot of people, they don't possess self-discipline anymore. It's being thrown out the window. It's being demonized to have self-discipline. It's being, it's, it's a comedy now. Every comedy out there is about fat, drunk, hedonistic men. And where are the real men in our culture now? Look at what happened in Cologne, Germany on New Year's Eve. Where were the men of that culture that would have stood up for those women who were being you know, attacked viciously 
yeah. in broad, right out on the streets, multiple times. Where are those men that would stand up and stop that? Uh, I had a situation in Ottawa when I was living there where they had this incidence of swarming, where they, these Somalian gangs were coming in, and they were, you know, you'd be on a bus in broad daylight, and like nine of them would just start beating up some old woman for her purse. And nobody would do anything on the bus. The whole bus could have easily overpowered these punks, okay? But nobody did nothing because everybody's frozen in fear and you don't want to ruffle any feathers. And I live in Canada. It's the most polite place on the earth. <laughs> you bump into someone accidentally, they're going to apologize six times to you, you know? Um, whereas when you go to the States, they bump into you and they're like, yeah, fucking right. Uh, but, but, but here, there's no, it's just the erosion of what it is to be a man, a real man. And a real woman, a real empowered individual that would not tolerate that. And our society is tolerating criminality. And that's why it's thriving. Yeah, you're exactly right, David. And, it's, and that's this fear is what is holding us all back, really. Yes. And like I'm saying we is in a collective sense of the society. And like that is like where the truth of the warrior needs to be found. It's like we need to find this guy. Society needs to find the truth. And I think... This is where it's changed the game, like in terms of the knowledge and truth which is out there, and that's the internet. Like, yeah. and we, we still tend to forget that we're in the the sunrise era of the internet, and like people are like just coming to terms with how effective it truly is. Like, it's far beyond social media. Like, we can see all the problems out there, but yeah. the internet now—it's the future generation of our existence. Like, it holds questions, answers to questions which man's which man has asked for thousands of years. Like decades of knowledge just documenting a single file ready for us to process like so much knowledge out there it's incredible and like we're still dependent on the internet to share our ideas of love like yeah. we're so connected to the internet that we're losing the same connection to ourselves like so david how do you find like the balance between like fighting for the truth and staying connected to who you are well it's definitely not easy i'll tell you that especially the more you do the more work you do um in this field is that you know you you give a lot you give out a lot and uh, yeah, you forget to kind of put your own oxygen mask on i was flying to la recently and i was sitting on there and they're giving you the whole song and dance about how to put your seatbelt on and whatnot and <laughs> i uh they're like be sure to secure your own oxygen mask before assisting others and i was like you know what that is truth man that's what you have to do. You have to do that if you don't do it. Oh my goodness, you're going to implode. And I've seen it happen to so many of my friends and people that I know. They're doing too much. They're not taking time for themselves. And I actually uh, moved my entire family up to an island here in Canada where it's just, it's, it's a small, I live in a small fishing village. You know, it's, it's very quiet. It's, I'm surrounded by the most stunning nature you can imagine. Um, you know, I can walk to a, a beach or a park or a beautiful forest, you know, within five or 10 minutes. And I always take time to go out and go for a walk in nature, to think, to contemplate, um, to meditate, to do my own training. I still religiously go and, and work my own training. And that's my time. That's my, that's my self-help time, personal development. Um, and and that, that for me, when I come back from that, I feel ready to go. I feel I, I'm excited. I have my enthusiasm. And then if I feel like I'm not having that enthusiasm anymore and it's starting to become like hard and oh my God, and it's just over, it's stressful, uh, I, I kind of put the brakes on, I cancel my day, and then I, I go out and I take that personal day. You have to be non-negotiable with every person that influences your life that you are going to take time, if it, even if it's 15 minutes when you wake up and 15 minutes before you go to bed, that is about you. That is about developing you and putting that oxygen mask on. 
If you need to read some inspiring quotes or listen to some awesome music that really gets you going, something that draws emotion out of you, or watch a film that really pulls emotion out of you, or uh, read a read a book on something, or move, do some movement, do some yoga, do some martial arts, do do some cooking, or build some pottery. I don't know. Whatever you got to do, you got to spend some time putting your hands to action. Because don't forget your hands. Just thinking about the hands of the human being. It's the one thing that separates us from the rest of creation that, that gives us a significant advantage, the ability to manipulate objects. And our hands are connected to our, they're obviously an extension of our nervous system, which is an extension of our brain. So when you work positively with your hands and you bring a good, um, bring forward your imagination and a good intention into what you're doing, you're actually stimulating brain cell growth. You're stimulating health. And I think a lot of people don't realize how valuable it is to actually not just sit there all the time and think about stuff or to lie on some couch and complain to some psychotherapist or to go to some church and, and, or listen to some guru where you're just passive the whole time, but to actually be active in the process. An active form of meditation and development is what is needed. There's actually an ancient uh, system of what's called the Kujikiri. It's the nine seals of the ninja, right, where they do these different hand yoga type exercises it came out of ancient india actually and um it it's it's these different symbols and with every position of the hand they would have a different conscious projection like a thought projection with that symbol so that symbol of the hand just reinforces a very powerful thing like you know one symbol could mean courage for example you know you have courage or or strength or yeah. flexibility right and so you're you're using your mind and your hands and your body together and that mind-body connection, uh, Wilhelm Reich would have called it somatic intelligence, right? Where you're, you're moving that bioenergy through the body. The Chinese would have called it chi. The Indians would have called it prana, whatever. Um, but that movement is what generates the positivity in your mind. So do these kinds of things. Write, do creative writing. Write a journal. Do some artwork. Whatever you're passionate about. Where's your passion? Do, do 15 minutes of it a day because I know too many people, and I used to be one of them, that would put all of those things on the back burner and just constantly be out there. You know, I got to work my job. I got to work for everybody else. I got to make this person happy. I got to make that person happy. And then you're not happy. Well, why do you think you're not happy? You're not doing anything that makes you happy. You're not doing anything for yourself because we live in a world that's all about, oh, service to others. Go do good for others all the time. Are yeah, you kidding? Yeah. Like, how can you do good for others if you're not doing good for yourself? So... This is really what I think is one of the major, major points that we have to get across. Mm. Dave, I'm going to say amen because, oh my God, what a run that was. That was yes. absolutely bang on everything you said there. Yeah. Me, me and Dan think the exact same truth was just exactly what you said there. That's exactly the same thought process that goes through our minds daily. Like, we need to start putting ourselves, like, we, like, you, like you exactly right, David, you said, like, People, too many people put others first before themselves and we need to actually put ourselves in the position where we're at the maximum we can give and when we're at the maximum we can give everyone else our maximum and that is where the truth is going to come out. Well, think of it this way. Let's do some math. If everybody out there in our society did that work for themselves and helped themselves, how many people in our society would need help from other yeah, people? Exactly. I like that. Come on. Like... It's it's a it's 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 adolescent behavior in my opinion. It's it's a sign of immaturity. Of that's where our society's at. We're at like the teenage phase. We've got lots of pimples. We're not sure about girls. We're we're figuring things out. We're making lots of mistakes. We're driving our car and smashing mailboxes and we're causing all kinds of chaos. And and we're trying to figure out which way's up. 
and um, and it's just we're we're getting there, and I'm positive. I'm very optimistic, but yeah, yeah. you know, if you really want to wrap this all wrap this into a really con, you know a nice sentence that I love, it's an old African proverb. It says, "If there is no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm." Like so that. think of it from that point now. Think about you know if you've got enemies at the gates or you have enemies in the gates, like what we have: Trojan horse pirates that have hijacked our systems on all levels. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, where, where do you think that happened? Are they really to blame? The vulture is going to be the vulture. The predators are going to be the predators. The psychopaths are going to be the psychopaths. But guess what? If your immunity is at a certain level, are you going to be getting sick? No. So if our society is sick, can we really blame constantly these bankers and criminals and all these people? Or is it because of our tolerance? Is it because of the fact that we as a culture are not immune anymore? We're not empowered anymore. So if we work from an internal place, the enemy outside can do you no harm. And I've seen this countless times. I've, I've been in situations that it's, it's been proven to me that when I stood in front of somebody that was trying to pick a fight with me or whatever, um, and I just stood with them with just stone-cold confidence, eye contact, and just strength that I knew there is no way that this person can put a beating on me worse than I've already done to myself or already had done to me. So I, I'm standing there without fear. Yeah. And when you show no fear and you have no enemy within to deal with and you know for a fact that you're standing in moral righteousness in that moment, then that person melts away like a snowball in a campfire, okay? And it happens, the biggest guys, I've just stared them down like Davy Crockett and it's just, I've seen it again and again. And I'm not bragging there, anybody can do this. But you got to do that work first in order to come to that state, you know? Exactly. Definitely, that's incredible. Yeah, that, that was absolutely incredible. And this is actually once me leads me on to this, David. Like, after all your like uncovering and all your discovery and all your searching, like, what's the biggest truth that you found and that you've uncovered along your journey? If there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one thing. But the other thing is that. Um, we're constantly looking for other people to save us yeah. from ourselves. Okay. We want, this is what religion is. This is what even the field of like ufology has become. This is what our society has become. This is what world politics has become. We're waiting for someone to save us. Okay. And I remember feeling that way too, because I, I know what that's like to go through those really, really dark nights of hell, of, of the hell of, that your mind can get into when you're in that negative state and self-defeating type mentality. And I've had many, many late nights or sleepless nights uh, of my own. So I'm speaking from experience when it comes to dealing with this. And the one thing that changed for me was when I changed my mindset. I changed because your mind gets into a set pattern. Those neural pathways start to calcify after a while. So if you're not creating new neural pathways and constantly challenging yourself and thinking outside the box, you're going to become a fixated, spastic individual that is un unbelievably inflexible to change and you will become your own worst enemy so the big thing that i've learned is that um you have to constantly embrace the grind embrace the struggle don't run away from hard things find yeah. something in your life on a weekly basis that's hard that challenges you and do it do it like why are we waiting around because you're gonna become you're gonna gain such amazing constitution as a person and you're going to become so sovereignly empowered 
when you're when you're dealing constantly with these conflicts and 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 looking for them like to me the warrior it, what is it don juan mattis said what separates the warrior from an average man is the average man um is looking at everything as either a blessing or a curse whereas yeah. this the warrior looks at it as a challenge to be embraced so change your mindset change your world where your head is at is where your life is at and when that really hit home with me um i just said I've got nothing else to lose. Lose. I've already been to the depths of my own hell. I've got nothing else to lose. Yeah. So I'm just going to choose to go out there and give it my best and to face these challenges and to overcome them. And if I fail, I'm going to do it again and again and again. And I'm going to keep getting up when I get knocked down. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to constantly keep fighting this good fight. And I know that if I keep doing it, I will become stronger. Like if you go to the gym tomorrow and you haven't worked out in a while, you're going to gas out rather quickly and your muscles are going to be very sore and you're going to sweat and you're going to go home. And then the next day you're going to be achy and the day after it's going to be even worse. And you'll be like, Oh my God, why did I do that? But in order for your muscles to grow and the, you know, the, um, your cardio to increase and all of that, you need to stretch them. You need to push them. You need to, it's the blood, sweat and tears. That is what creates the strength. And, and think about even the fact that when you were born into this world and I watched both of my daughters born right in front of me, uh, it, it's through struggle and pain and suffering that they come in. Not, it's not ponies and rainbows, guys. Okay? Um, and so we were born through struggle. We will die through struggle. And there's nothing more glorious. And the warrior is seeking a good life and a good death. And you can only do that when you know, when you know this and you, you start embracing it and you change the way you think. So the, my, favorite, my favorite saying has to be, um, you know, change your mind change your life change change the way you think uh, monitor your inner conversation is most of the information in your head profoundly negative about yourself when you go look in the mirror look yourself in the eyes don't look at your hair don't look at your lips don't look at anything else look at your eyes and start communicating to that person who is that person who are you where did you come from what are you here to do are you here to just sit around and be ordered around and guided around by everybody else or are you here to become who you really are meant to be and to fulfill your destiny. And you have to start becoming, you have to love yourself. You have to empower yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to do the work in order to achieve that standard and that level and to sit at the table of true warriors. Um, and so that's, that's what inspires me. That's what I've learned. I've experienced that shift and my life has changed dramatically. We, we were talking about the fact that History Channel contacted me. I didn't seek them out. I had no idea. This happened almost like 30 days after I had had this profound wake-up experience on another level. Like I, I keep kind of evolving, I, I feel. And I had this night where I was just like, I, so many things hit me. I was like, oh my God, I've been defeating myself. This is why I'm having financial problems and, and issues and health problems. And I changed the way I thought about it. And all of a sudden, the doors start opening. Uh, synchronicities coming into my life. I'm meeting the right people. You know, books are falling right off the shelf and information is yeah. coming my way. And, you know, so live in that flow of, of true synchronicity. And uh, you are the one that guides all of it. So that's really what I think uh, I, could, I could, if I could leave anything, that would be what it is. Yeah, I like that. Before as well, Dave, when you were talking about... Um challenges as well like you, know, you were saying we need to embrace them challenges because i think that's why we're on this planet we're like we're on this planet they grow and learn and i i think as well as like there's absolutely nothing more powerful than the spread of real truth but like you said before it's our responsibility to find real truth mm -hmm. and i think the only way we can do that 
and find real truth is through our own personal responsibility and that's followed by action and I think then when we do choose to be a warrior it like like you said before as well it changes our fundamental approach to life and everything else changes and you'll never ever go back to where you were mm. oh yeah I mean it, you're bringing up a memory for me I, I had a a conversation in my early teens, I went to a big martial art convention and I met uh, a master there. Who and, and this was a convention where you'd kind of go around for like 40 minutes with different masters and you kind of got like it was a whole weekend, right? You get to just kind of see these different arts. And there was this one guy, the one guy there who wasn't just teaching me how to kill somebody in 10 seconds. Um, you know, although that can be fun to learn sometimes, but it's, there was he was teaching something deeper. He was talking about the philosophy and life and all that. And I remember just like, at that time, I was desperately seeking answers, right? And I went up to him and I was like, Sensei, can I have a couple minutes? He's like, yeah. I said like, what, what is the point of life? What is the point of what we're training? You know, what, why are we here? What are we doing? And he goes, you need two things in life, man. You need the truth to be present and available in your life on all levels at all times. And you're going to need the spine of a warrior in order to realize that truth for yourself. And I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> you know, that's it. You need the truth. And the truth doesn't just mean the big, you know, metaphysical truth about the universe. It means the truth about you, the truth about where you're at, the truth about um, the state of your consciousness and your life and your health. And you're being honest with yourself. How many people do you know who are honest as to why they are walking around in sickness, in depression, they're getting migraine headaches, they're weak, they're feeble, they're not sleeping. Why are, they're never honest about why that is. They'll just say, oh, I just have a condition. I suffer from this anxiety disorder in the, this manual yeah. over here. I suffer from obesity. It's just part of, I'm just big bone. It's just the way I am. Uh, there's nothing I can do about yeah. it. Uh, even though I, you know, sit on my ass and I, I torture my body every day with the food that I'm eating. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they're not honest. And the minute I work with clients and they start to become honest with themselves, I don't care if they're honest with me. I just want them to become honest with themselves. All of a sudden, the changes start happening. So this is where we have to reach the young people now. This is like right from the beginning. We need to start planting the seeds early um, because we live in a health crisis, guys. Look around at the cancer rates, the type 2 diabetes, the degenerative diseases. They're off the charts and they're growing. And there's even new diseases coming out every friggin' week now. And you're like, okay, uh, what's going on? Is the human race devolving? Or is maybe something happening where we're not, we're not being given the right information or we're making bad choices or it's environmental or it's the food we're eating or whatever. We got to start being honest about that if we want to survive and thrive and evolve, you know? So that's, that's the key. And that's another aspect to this whole idea of what a truth warrior is, is yeah, we talk about some of the big subjects of life and whatever, but mainly I want people to just be honest with themselves, you know, that's, that's, and it does take some courage and it's not easy, but you have to do it. Yeah. That's the, that's the deepness within us all, David. Like we all just need to ask ourselves the questions that matter right in that moment, right now in your life. Like what is the one question that is going to change it all? Just ask, just ask yourself, just like David says, just look yourself and just look yourself in the mirror. Forget about the hair, forget about what, how you look focus on your eyes and just like you said david ask the question that matters right now that's amazing yeah it's uh it's life-changing and and guys i hope i'm not sounding like i'm preaching here i i i have to do this i'm not perfect i'm still working on this this is a this is i'm i'm trying to do justice to this philosophy you know i'm not 
I'm I'm doing the best I can with what I got. But I know I, I've achieved certain things. I know I'm on the right track. Um, if I falter, I get back up and I do it again. And that's all you need to do. So people, I think people become like perfectionist in the beginning. Like I have people walk into my school and they're, they've never trained martial arts before in their life. And they're like expecting to be Bruce Lee in a week or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, this is going to be very hard for a long time. Okay, a long time. It's never going to get easy, okay? If you think it's going to get easy, certain things will become easier. But the minute that becomes easy, you're going to have to learn the next level, which is going to be hard. So I'm helping you love those things that are hard and to recognize the truth that this world is a dojo. This life, you're here to go on this path of learning and growing. And so don't give up and don't be overly critical of yourself to the point where you defeat yourself before you even step onto the battlefield. And that, mm-hmm. if you look at you know combat sports or uh, professional athletes, you know I've worked with many, I've, I've been one myself, and the the people that lose, they lost before the fight even started. The people that win, they won the moment they woke up in that morning already. It's a mental thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's totally different. There's a knowledge there. There's a confidence there. There's a fearlessness there that says, win, lose, or draw, I'm giving it my all. And if you can do that, who cares what other people think? Other people, are you kidding me? You're going to have other people critique you who are even worse to themselves. And you're going to yeah. believe them and give them credit? Are you kidding me? Everybody, let's, let's just do, more, do some more math. Everybody out there is overly concerned and completely paranoid about what other people think of them. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Everybody worried about what other people think of them. That's a really interesting situation, isn't it? So yeah, that's the biggest thing as well. That is the biggest thing that people need to change in the mind. So that was the biggest shift for me as well, is not caring what other people think. Yeah. Totally. You if you want to gain respect, get it from people that have self respect. I want to be respected by people that know what respect is and know what true quality is. You know, if I, like, say I'm a martial artist and I, I meet, you know, a, a higher level martial artist, I would love to gain respect from that person. And to, uh, you know, I definitely go, well, yeah, I want to show, I want to show how good I am. And I want to, you know, I want that respect from that person because that person, it's not about a superficial thing. It's like legit. I want, I want to know I'm doing the things right. I want to know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. That's different. Um, but to just, <laughs> you, you make a statement, you, you, the way you, dress what your favorite music is everybody else is like oh that's crap you know like are you going to change your life based on everybody else then guess what it's not your life anymore is it you're living for everybody else so i love that old thing that says you know you were born an original don't die a copy that's that's all i want to do is be myself be authentically me and um i this i got this from studying the works of bruce lee you know back in the day and a lot of people Maybe know him as a, a movie star and an action star and all that, but read the guy's philosophy, man. Like this guy is brilliant, and he wrote some of the most profound things about what it is to to be a, a fully realized person and an individual. So um, there's so much material out there for people and references. There is no more excuses anymore because you were saying about the internet uh, for ignorance. The information yeah. is now available. Information that our forefathers would have had to cross countries on horseback to get or to uh, struggle for years and years and years to write books and gain material and access libraries and try to dig through attics and all that kind of stuff. And here we are. We can go, 
Mm. And we've got a whole book, or I got thousands of ebooks. I've got documents and old, you know, stuff. And you can you can access it instantaneously. So go use this time to inform your mind, inform yourself, and uh, and and take advantage because humanity has never been in this position. And if we don't take our minds back, um, those that are guiding the ship of state are going to lead humanity in a very very dark direction. I believe, and it's clear. All the signs are everywhere. So. Uh, it's up to us. It's up to us to empower ourselves so that we don't even need these guys anymore, uh, these people that are pirating our energy and our efforts and our production. Um, exactly. We can do it ourselves, you know? Exactly right, David. And it actually makes you like think like what we have now with all the beauty in, from the internet, it's all given us all this incredible information from cultures thousands of years ago or right up until now. Like people's fought in wars over other culture. Like, they fought to gain that knowledge, that culture. Like, people used to fight the Greeks and used to fight the Romans just because they were more culturally advanced. And people want, only wanted the culture. They wanted the knowledge. That's what they already wanted. And it, it actually makes me look back now, and it makes me look back at all the true warriors of time, all the great philosophers of the past, and, like, the general concepts surrounding their thoughts and philosophy. Like... It's got such a place in the modern world, like because a thinker whose thoughts have been written can always be found in the mind of another thinker, and that's yeah. what like makes me think, like David, on your thoughts on like a modern warrior versus like warriors of the past. Yeah, and it's something that needs to be constantly updated as well. Um, I mean, hey, I say if in the martial art world they're updating techniques to better suit people for modern day living, you know, you're not working those techniques as much where you have to like use a spear to take a guy off a horse or something, you know, yeah. that's fun for cultural things and history, but realistically, is that going to happen to you? Probably not, you know, so you need to learn, you know, someone jumps you in an alley behind, you know, whatever, some Seven Eleven. That's the kind of stuff you should learn. So if they're updating the martial arts in a physical sense, why the heck aren't we doing that with the philosophy and trying to, like I said, bring the best thing forward, make it applicable, um, and, uh, and to, to, to make it something that will help uh, benefit people multidimensionally, not just, oh, okay, you know how to defend yourself. Now what do I do? You know, like that's, I, could show, I could show you guys how to defend yourselves inside of 30 days and you would have the information you need to basically understand self-defense and then of course the rest is just practice right but it's going to take a lifetime to truly be able to express yourself on a higher level of artistic and athletic ability and to develop your intelligence and your intellect to be able to understand even more advanced concepts so um this is where i think the philosophy comes in and you mentioned the philosophers from the past i mean humanity owes everything that we are to these great thinkers of the past that have already experienced these challenges in different forms in their time, who have written about it prolifically, have thought about these things. You know, we're dealing with profound intellects here, many of which are not known. Okay, there's the known historians and philosophers, and there's the unknown guys that are even ten times more brilliant. Um, and there is, there's this. This has already been thought of. This has already been written down, and great thinkers have already contemplated these things. So all we got to do is review that. And then update it and make it relevant for us now and then add to it and keep growing with it and, um, and not become so dogmatic about it either, you know, because that can also be a, a negative thing. So um, that's what I'm advocating for is let's, let's update what we've got. Let's never, ever, ever shy away uh, and show disrespect to those masters from the past that have, have labored uh, for their love of humanity and of truth and, and of reason. 
Uh, we, we always owe them a debt of gratitude. And um, we should be encouraging our youth to go and read the great works of Aristotle and Plato and, 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 uh, and, and so many, many, many others from many different cultures, you know, studying ancient Egyptian cultures and, uh, yeah, the yeah. ancient Irish and the Druids and, uh, the Celtics and, and then in, you know, Japan, you know, studying the, the ray of the samurai and the true history of the culture. You know, a strong culture, uh, is, is a culture that knows its history. And if you don't know your history, yeah, you're yeah. actually kind of lost at sea. And so we need to know our history and then, update it for present time so that we can build a more positive future you know yeah, yeah. that will be the real skill yeah definitely. absolutely yeah definitely and i think ancient cultures have always given this deep spiritual identity to each and every warrior philosopher anyone who's played a huge part in that society like they've always been like given like a label like the warrior was the cult was like a symbol of strength and honor and like the philosopher was the thinker the creator and like um even just down to the blacksmith he was like the provider for like the weapons and right. the homes like and this is what culture has stood for it stood for the, these beautiful identities that's what we've all created like we're all created and like right now david like when you were talking with people don't know their identity they don't know who they are or what they are and this is why sometimes people get lost in finding their identity because it's not as simple anymore. Like people don't think of it as I'm not the warrior or I'm not the blacksmith. I'm not the philosopher. But the need to, the need to actually be everything. And that's why they all need to have this whole warrior inside. So David, do you think like we all have the warrior inside of us? 100%. It's something that any human be- being drawing breath can connect to and should and realize that what we're dealing with is one of the parts of your humanity, one of the parts of your psychology, one of the parts of your subconscious world as well. And, you know, you got guys like Carl Jung who were talking about what archetypes were. And you can see that throughout the symbolism of ancient cultures and the mythologies, etc. They're telling you a history. You know, I'm doing a whole series right now with Michael Tessarian called Path of the Fool, where we're going through the major arcana of the tarot. And a lot of people think of the tarot as just some card game that medieval kings used to play and it became this mystical thing and everybody's just, you know, it's a big sham. But it goes back all the way to ancient Egypt and before. And it's a, it's an arc, it's an archive of ancient knowledge, uh, and ancient history that's encoded through art because it's not just some, some person writing down in some left brain type way. It's, a, it's communicating to the deeper senses, the, the, the deeper reservoirs of your consciousness and pulling out both the right and the left hemispheres of the brain so that you're looking at information holistically through imaging. And if you think of the ancient languages of the world, they were all done through symbols. Like look at the kanji, look at the hieroglyphs, look at the cuneiform tablets and whatnot. You know, look at the art of the world. They're telling you something in there. They're telling you something about uh, humanity's history and and consciousness in general so um, to be able to tap into those ancient archetypes you will find all kinds of light bulbs going off in your head because um, you know it's it's a field of information that has been evolving that's what history is it's like history of humanity is its own conscious entity in a way that is constantly going through an unfolding evolving process um, or it could be going through a devolving process. It, it could swing either way. But it's something moving and alive. And when we start connecting to it on an individual basis, 
uh, through thinking like this and through expressing ourselves in a lot of these artistic ways, as well as logical, uh, I mean, think about you know, logic and reason, and that's a very important part as well. It's a balanced, yin-yang, holistic approach. Uh, yeah. Both the masculine and feminine are, 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 are aligned, and that's how you create a truly healthy, fully realized person. If you're swinging to one side on an extreme, um, well, you're either going to get these very, very staunch materialist scientists that are, you know, they think they know it all and they don't, they don't even accept consciousness at all, really. They just yeah, they yeah. look at it as like a mechanical thing. You can look at everything just completely mechanized. Or on the other side, you can get too extreme and get completely uh, religiousized. And you are now completely up in mystical, disembodied realities, and you're no longer engaged in the physical reality anymore. Um, so it's two extremes. So the key is to bring the best of those worlds together and to create a much healthier, holistic perspective. And that, I think, will be what heals uh, the current negative traits in our, our culture today. Yeah, definitely. I think I do. I think we all we do we do all understand that, and I think we we do know that really deep down. It is it is embedded. It's, it's embedded. That whole philosophy is embedded in our DNA, and I think people deep down are drawn like drawn in aid of one another. And I really think that us as human beings on this planet, we are really drawn to the fact that really deep down that we do want to help one another. And I think that's the biggest trait of the warrior code, in my opinion. And I'm um, thinking now we had um Gavin Nashimento on our podcast, and he was saying it like if you look around at all the pe- like all the people in the world, and all the people that you know as well, like no one, none of them are really like are really evil, and like I really feel that like the evil and this corruption and this whole like ethos is coming from like a, an ethos of greed on behalf of certain people at the top of the pyramid. Hmm. But I really feel that we're coming at a time like what we've been talking about a lot in this podcast, where we're realizing that we do have the true power, and that people really do have the power. Yeah. Well, and. You know, like we said about that battle of the two wolves, what we call evil. I mean, look at the word evil. If you spell it backwards, it spells live. So evil is the antithesis to life. It's the antithesis to growth and to progress and to humanity. Um, it's, the, it's the shutting down of the true self and exchanging yeah. it for a very narcissistic ego type identity that is a false construct. And that, you know, in its place has a role. But when it becomes the man, master of the house, it can be, you know, completely malignant. So you, you, the balance here happens on an individual level as well. We can't only blame people at some top of some pyramid. Um, that, that is an element, absolutely. But there's a twofold route to evil in the world. And that is, you know, mankind's refusal to face the shadow, face themselves, do that work and develop themselves and, and to, you know, cleanse themselves and become immune. Um, and then the other one is that, yes, then, of course, because of that, you have these darker forces that come in and take the realm. Uh, take the the reins of of whatever you know society whatever because that's what they do they're doing what they do these predators yeah, yeah. and these criminals criminals do what criminals do just like vultures do what vultures do but um, what do moral people do that's the question so yeah, uh, that's the answer is to become to create immunity just like we create immunity through our food and our diet and our, our the way we think we create a healthy body that's not getting sick uh, if you don't do those things if those actions are not taken then what's the result well sickness illness decay okay but how can we never look at that in terms of consciousness having a psychological immunity having a you know a spiritual immunity for lack of a better word um and that's where i think the true magic will happen and the reason that in martial art tradition they talk about mind body and spirit that's just not some weird spiritual mumble jumble hokey pokey that's the the ingredients of what you are and they're talking about our system is here to help you develop it, 
It's not a religion. Although, trust me, the martial art world is plagued with a religious mindset, by the way. But the true aspect of it is that this is just about developing and synthesizing and harmonizing those three elements that make up who you are. Your thoughts lead to your actions and they're usually those thoughts are usually produced from your emotions so the emotional side would be like your spirit the uh the thoughts would be of course your mind and then the physical traits would be the actions so you need to have a good healthy um, system in place for all three of those aspects of who you are and then you will it will produce positive action automatically automatically and that will bring out the best of humanity which is what you're saying that humanity is you know naturally would be good i think human beings are programmable they can be programmed to be either either or but yeah. when you're an individual that is fully aware of who and what they are you are beyond hypnosis you are beyond being programmed you are beyond being collectivized and brought into some herd of thinking um, you, you are empowered because you know who you are. You can stand on your own ground. You can defend yourself. You, you stand up for your rights and the rights of others. And you understand natural law. You understand the law of do no harm. Do no harm. That's all you have to do, human beings. Do no harm. Every action you're taking, are you doing harm to yourself or are you doing harm to others? If so, you're breaking natural law and the universe will throw everything in the book at you. Um, as a result but if you're harmonized and you're you're acting in accord with the way you would want other people to treat you it's the old golden rule right uh well then what do you think you know then it, you're reciprocated for that it, you, things the positive things start happening and manifesting in your life health is the result so if we do it on an individual level then absolutely we can do it on a collective level but yeah, we yeah. can't become collectivized politically like what is being driven right now i believe the global elites and the political hierarchy, um, which is really a plutocracy, is leading humanity towards a global socialist, communist type system. And yeah, the yeah. reason they're doing that, erasing borders and all this immigration and all these laws and trade deals and central banks and all this. And you got John Kerry going over and speaking to university graduates about the fact that they're going to go out and they're the backbone of the new borderless world the one world order that they've been seeking for over 100 years, um, we have to start seeing that as a red flag and going, well, they're trying to make it look like it's all peace and harmony and humanity working together and it's all kumbaya, la, la, la. But no, that's utter bullshit. It is socialism with a different flair to it. And it is uh, another way of setting up global dictatorship. And it is the biggest Trojan horse of history if, if we don't become wise to it. And the response to it is that immunity I was talking about, which is you cannot collectivize a group of individualized sovereign selves, people that know who they are. You can't do that. It's impossible. And these elites know it. The media barons know it. And that's why everything is guiding you towards being feeling guilty for, uh, you know, Western culture's history. Or you feel guilty for uh, all these things. It's guilt and, and fear that is being driven into people's minds to try to disconnect them from that true center and that true sense of self. So um, the answer is to go the other way, to say no to these things on a collective level. Yes, but first you've got to be able to say no to it on an individual level. Yeah, David, I like that. I think as well, I use this analogy quite a lot, but I think I think a lot of all this that we're talking about for people is just like, for me, it's just like a sense of reboot needed and it's a sense of like tapping back into something bigger than ourselves. And I think we already know deep down that um, that it's actually just more of like a remembering process do you ever feel that like it's more of just like a remembering process of like who we truly are 
Oh yeah, I think that's a good word. Remembering. Um, yeah. There's nothing new under the sun, guys. I, I really don't. I think that that's why his, studying history is so important because uh, it'll give you a map as to where we've gone wrong in the past, where we've gone right in the past, um, and uh, and and you also have to remember your own history. You know what. What was it that it motivated you to do something? Or w- when you were a kid, you had all these dreams. You wanted to be an astronaut. You wanted to be a, an architect. You wanted to be an artist. Yeah. What, what, what was it that killed you? What was it that shut you off from those dreams? It was the influence of other people. It was the fact that the system is kind of set up against you. It's rigged against you. And you go, oh, well, it's rigged against me, so I'm just not going to continue to pursue because it's just pointless and I don't want to have to struggle and go through pain anymore. When, in fact, you should go, oh, the system's rigged against me? Right on. I'm going to go to level 12 and I'm going to kick the shit out of this and I'm going to do it anyways. What's the difference there? You got to have some kind of – you have to have some guts. You got to have some brains and you got to have some brawn and you got to have some warrior spine in order to do it and you should so when you wake up tomorrow morning ask yourself what am i going to do today for me what am i going to do today to help bring about my dream and my goal in life and then realize that those goals when you achieve the goal what happens you kind of go yay i achieved the goal okay now what set another goal it's not even about the destination it's about the journey and a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. So you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to be able to master whatever like maybe you want to start a podcast, you know, and or you want to start a, a show or something. You know, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get them how to set up your your accounts, you don't know how to get the right equipment. Go learn. Start now. The first step is that you want to do it and then go do it. And I'm sure that's how it was for you guys. That's how it was for me. So you can do anything you want. If you want if you want to do it, you'll find a way. Absolutely. You got to want to though, and you got to really want to want to enough that you're willing to suffer for it, and um, and the suffering. Think of it as a good suffering. Think of it as like a baptism in fire, and that's why I've always loved martial arts and and you know fighting and that kind of stuff. It's not about fighting and hurting people. I need somebody to help test me and and to help push me and to help bring me to that next level. And there's an understanding there. There's a respect there for that. And I know that I'm going to walk off that training mat a better person and a stronger person, and then I'm going to apply that newfound level of strength into all the other areas of my life and that's that's how it should be and a lot of people aren't getting that in the uh the typical education systems and and uh the venues of that we're given in our society today so this is something that um you know you're not going to find in every martial art dojo i'll tell you that but they are out there and make this your own study make this something unique to you and um just start that first step yeah I like when you said that you need someone like when you were saying about martial arts, you need someone like better than you to test you because um, there's a quote I can think of now and it's, it's um, like if you're the best person in the room or you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that. Yeah, stay yeah. humble and, and that's what I do. I've been doing martial arts a long time and I could very easily just sit on what I have, but I constantly go out and seek uh, people that are better than me and, and it's quite humbling, but you need to do it. It's part of the growth and I yeah. love constantly feeling, you know, I, I keep that white, me- white belt mentality all the time um, because without that, you will cease to grow. You will sit on what you think you have and one day it's going to come right up in your face and you're going to be forced to face that truth anyways. So you should just get used to it now and, yeah. and keep challenging yourself. Put the ego aside and uh and go at it authentically and those are the people that become the world champions the the high level masters and and the and the future teachers uh it's not the people that you know try to fake it all the way up 
you, you can't. It, why do that? Why, why rob yourself of such a rich experience? I've, I've, I work with kids and teens a lot, and they're always wanting their stripes and their belts and all this. And I'm like, guys, who cares? How, how's your technique? How's your training? Are you getting better? Do you feel like you're getting better? Are you being more successful? You know, are you stronger? That's all that matters. I'm just giving you these stripes because, you know, it's just to kind of give you an idea of where you're at. But um, what if I sold you a black belt tomorrow? Would you, would you wear it with pride? Would you walk around? I'm a black belt. And none of the, all the kids are like, they kind of look down at the floor and they're like, yeah, no, good point. Because it kind of robs you of the experience, does it, when it's not earned. It's not earned through blood, sweat, and tears. If I earned it through blood, sweat, and tears, now I'm going to walk around and go, yeah, you know, I earned this shit. I'm a black belt. I know who I am. But um, I'm not just going to have someone hand it to me. And we should never be looking out for handouts. And that's the problem, by the way, just quickly with these socialist communist models, is that it's all about handouts. It's all about, you know, what's good for the greater number and all that kind of stuff. I want to know what can I do? What can I produce? I don't want to benefit from what I produce. And I'll never rob or steal from anybody else so long as they never rob or steal from me. And we want to keep this about freedom and sovereignty in the end. Exactly, David. That's brilliant. And David, is something I've, uh, I wanted to ask you throughout this. It's like, this is, I think it'll be so interesting. Like, what do you think will happen with when everyone will remember their warrior code? Like, what do you think happens when everyone remembers like their warrior code? Well, I... I would love to see a world where that happened. Um, I don't know if it, it will ever happen where it's everybody. I, I think is always going to be a smaller group of people. I think people will wake up to who they are and to this type of thing uh, on their own at whatever stage. But I'm not holding my breath for the entire population of humanity to suddenly just get it. Um, but at the same time, I'm eternally optimistic about what it would be like if we lived in a world full of uh, people that were truly empowered on every level. And if we were given the right tools and we had the correct system in place that helped supported that, um, you know, in a lot of ways, humanity has been gypped because we've been constantly, uh, I guess, uh, victimized in a way by these other predatory forces that we don't always know what to do with. And so we become, we live in a state of disempowerment, like the movie The Matrix kind of shows this very well, sort of metaphorically. Yeah. And um, I love that they use martial arts in that movie as well, uh, which is cool. And yeah. it is a way of trying to help this Neo character understand, you know, that he's the one. What's this whole thing about the one? Well, what they're saying is when he's saying you're the one, they're telling you you are the one. You are not a part of this mechanical, Borg-like, machine-like reality. You are one. You are an individual. You are uh, you are connected to the all spark you are connected to the divine source of all things you are you are human you are one we are all the one there is no one that is better than another there is only the one which is you and uh and and the one must come out of the zero out of the nothing so neo is the new one and you are the new one as well and that's what that character is all about in that movie and he's going through that process of self-realization where he's remember he's trying to jump the rooftop and he can't do it because he doubts himself. And Morpheus is like, you got to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. You got to let it all go. Free your mind. And then he just flies across like nothing. And, you know, yeah. Neo goes to that stage that we all go through in this process of enlightenment. And, um, and, and then in the end, he suddenly realizes. And it takes, it takes somebody like that Agent Smith to bring him to, the, to death, to the state of death through combat in order for him to realize that... It was Neo defeating himself the whole time. And when he just decided to let go of all that fear, doubt, and disbelief, he could stop bullets. He could, 
you know, and I'm not telling people this is literal. This is just metaphorically speaking that yeah, you have yeah. a lot more power contained within you than you even know. I mean, now even in science and quantum science, we're determining that we live in more of a fractal holographic type universe. And even the ancient hermetics were understanding this principle of as below, so below, as within, so without, etc. So take, take power from that and know that you are not just an insignificant nothing in a vast unlimited universe. You are a very significant part of it. And um, you are an expression of the all contained in the one. And this is something that is, uh, is very unique. So it's important to retain your oneness with, which is really just allness or wholeness. Um, not this spiritual mumble jumble about oneness and, and, and all this. It, this is, that's superficial. The true oneness is your own uniqueness, your own authenticity, what it is to be a truly realized human being. And, um, and that's the way out. So if we could have people recognize that, we would be done with um, any of this tyranny and criminality and evil in the world because the human population would no longer sit there and whine and complain looking for handouts and looking for the perfect politician to come and save the day and waiting for Jesus Christ and the Andromeda Council to come back yeah. and save humanity. They would be like, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We fucked it up. We can fix it. And, um, you know, yeah, there were predatory forces, but we weren't immune to it. And we let them run rampant and we gave them all the keys to the house and we let them eat us away from within while we were distracted by whatever the hell Miley Cyrus was doing, you know. So we got to wake up and, and return to that sense of center and balance again. Um, and I would love to live in a world where that happens. And I'm, yeah. um, I'm, I'm doing my best to contribute to that. And uh, I, I think that that's all we can really do at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I'll, before David as well, when you said um, said that we all, we are all all one, like I think that when when everyone does remember that, it will change. It'll change our like fundamental approach to life. And um, I remember a quote by uh, Carlos Castaneda, and he's got so many good quotes as well. Mm. But he said that we only choose uh, once to be a warrior, ordinary. And I think that's because like being a warrior, it's a, like we've been talking through this podcast. It's a way of thinking. And it's a way of life. Mm. And I think when you do choose the path, like to be a warrior, like there's no going back at all because like, like I said before, it changes your whole fundamental approach and it changes your whole your whole approach to life as well. Yeah, it's true. It, it did for me at least. And all I can do is share my experience and what I know. And I might be wrong. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think I'm right. I operate on the presumption that I'm right about certain things and I know what I'm talking about. But I always leave that room for that, uh, that idea that the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And uh, that's yeah. very valuable as well. Um, I think people like to feel secure and they prefer security over true freedom. Uh, true freedom means it's uncertain. It means there's challenge. It means you have to constantly defend it. Um, whereas security is easy. You can just have someone come in and lock you down and surveil the hell out of you and put all these laws in place to restrict your movement to the point where you can't breathe. Um, but you're going to feel great and safe, aren't you? But you're giving up what it is to be human. And too many people do that on a on an individual level, and we clearly see that expressed all the way through our social and political systems as well. So um, the way out is in. You know, the way out of this is to go within and to empower yourself there, and then you will walk. Although maybe you could say you're like a prisoner. Like remember that prisoner series, brilliant television series with Patrick McGowan. Yeah. I couldn't recommend that series enough. It's you can get a lot of them on YouTube. Um, what a profound metaphor for our world. And they're saying to him, you know, he's asking like, what, 
what are you doing? What do you want? Like, you're number six. He's like, well, who's number one? Well, no, you're number six. He's like, well, I'm not a number. I'm a free man, right? Um, it's such a profound show and it, it really entails everything we've kind of been talking about here and, and what it takes to step outside of the crowd and to fulfill your destiny. Um, not to become overly selfish where you just, you don't care about anybody else. That's not what we're talking about. To me, self, this, the path of selfhood is, is not referring to somebody that is a selfish prick, you know? It's, it's somebody that is, um, empowered and, and, has empathy and has compassion only when you do that can you have those qualities so um that's that's really what the whole goal is here and um for anybody listening to this that feels like this is just kind of over their head and it's not practical just start with what you've got start where you're at if you have a dream or a goal that you've always had that you keep ignoring because of the influence of other people or because of your fear of failure um if you fear if you have something that you want to do that you fear failure that's where you have to go. You just have to go and you have to do it uh, in spite of that. And, and that is, is really going to, whether you, whether you achieve it or not, uh, go aggressively at those types of things and throw yourself at it and face your fears and conquer your fears. Um, and only then are you going to really live as a true human being. Otherwise, you'll become a human robot, you know, and that's where our societies have it. Virtu- virtual reality will give you every handrail possible, every comfort Every security, everything is given to you by the system. And the system loves you. And your government loves you. And your, your guru loves you. And, and you start going, well, but I don't love myself, which is why I'm allowing them to guide and dictate my life. I should be living my life on my terms um, from my deepest heart and um, applying my skills and my talents and putting them to good, good use, doing good work. And that's, that's what I want to do. And I just hope I can help inspire other people to to do the same. Yeah, I like before David when you said um, it really resonated as well because it's something I say quite a lot. And it, a lot, and it's like the more we know, the more we don't know. And I think when we come from that perspective, that's one of the biggest things we can actually do, and one of the biggest, most empowering things that we can do in our life. Yeah, yeah. Think it's, from that place. Yeah, that's that's the place you need to think from. And um, and you, I mean, what I that's why I'm always emphasizing the practical side of things. Um, is it's really hard to just think yourself into something. You, yeah. Human beings learn the best through experience. That's what, we're, that's what we do. We're here to experience and learn from experience. If you're having experiences every day and you're not recording your day in your mind and kind of going through it and, and you know, not being over, overly analytical, but just you know, normal reflection, if you're not doing that, you're missing your life. And what I try to do is focus a little bit in the morning about what I want to project forward from my day, what kind of energy I want to bring into my day, what my tasks are and how well I want to do it at, at, at doing them. And then at the end of the day, I kind of think back and go, what was my day like? What did I do today? What did I do today? I woke up, made some breakfast, went to the park, did some work, did a podcast, la la la. And then I, I, I kind of, I don't critique myself, but I, I naturally, you know, as a martial artist, I, I have a, a positive self-criticism sometimes where I'm like, oh, I could have improved that. This is why I, you know, I kind of got angry and I kind of lost myself there. And that's why this negative situation started happening. And, you know, you just think about your life. A lot of people, their life flashes before their eyes. You hear that all the time. Um, do you want your life to flash before your eyes or do you want to actually live in the moment in your life? That's why I very much appreciate the Zen philosophy and, and this philosophy of, of living in the moment, you know, letting the past be the past, learning from it. Um, the future is unwritten. There is no debt. The future is unwritten. You can do anything you want. Uh, you, you just have to apply yourself in the present time. 
I think too many people either live in the past or they live in the future, which means they're not living, you know, the natural timeline. So live in the moment and the future is really just a series of moments that are yet to happen and they can be created into anything that you want. David, that's absolutely incredible, man. Amazing. And um, I know we've talked a lot about this, like, um, and we've talked a lot about questions. But David, if you could ask only one question, what question would you ask if you knew you were going to find out the truth? Mm, that's a good one. Hmm. Well, I've done. I've already asked myself as many questions as I my brain can handle, and I'm kind of accepting that I can't answer all of them. But if I could, I would love to know. Maybe I'd really love to know. You know, are we alone in the universe? That's a good question. You know, are we? Yeah. This is a fascinating question. But if it was something I could know, I would really love to know exactly what happened in history from the start of humanity until now. I'd love to know for sure for a fact because, you know, when you're reading history, it's kind of muddled and it's written by people secondhand and, you know, history is written by the victor. So I'd really love to know if I go back in a time machine and just find out what's the true thing that happened in all these times. I would love to to get a real solid, truthful glimpse at history. I think that would be a big one for me because I just I value that. Uh, I value knowing the truth about history because it's just the best way to understand where we are and where we can go. And I'm also just absolutely fascinated by that. So that would probably be where I would start, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's beautiful, David. Mm. It also makes me think as well that maybe some things are like meant not to be undiscovered and it's like the mystery itself is what makes things beautiful. Oh, yeah. And you know what? And that's, I feel like that. I feel like that's, you know, yeah. for a lot of these metaphysical questions, like, you know, uh, is there a God? Is there not? Is there, what, how did the universe come into being? You know, maybe we're just not meant to know. Maybe the, the speculation is what's beautiful, like you say. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, what the, makes it exciting, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, that's, yeah. And it gives thought. it, it's juicy. And, you know, I have my thoughts. Everybody has their thoughts about it, but it has to be flexible to change. And um, it definitely, that uncertainty, this is where the warrior lives. The warrior lives in the field of uncertainty. You know, you, you, I love these guys that train every possible scenario exactly to every detail. And I'm like, in a real fight, in a real combat situation, there are too many unpredictable factors that can happen that yeah. you cannot plan for. You can prepare, you can get yourself psychologically ready for it, but you have to be able to go into a zone where you don't have a plan and you still know what to do, if you know what I mean. And I love that spontaneous zone. We used to do a lot of performances, uh, you know, in big theaters and stuff like that, like martial art performances. And they were very complex and incredibly athletic. And um, there were times we would show up to venues and, you know, the, 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 where, the space that we had wasn't enough or there was all these different dynamics thrown at the last se- se- a second. And all the guys on the team were always like stressing, like, oh, my God, oh, we practice this. we got to change that. And that guy can't do this. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, oh, I love this. Just throw me out there. I don't know what's going to happen. I just want to go with the flow. And um, I feel like I'm in the best zone when I'm going with the flow, uh, when, you know, there's, there's a lot of, op- there's a, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty in the air. That's, I feel like when I thrive and, uh, I had to work to be able to get out of that. And I feel like there's a lot of these people that are trying to really perfect every fine detail of their life and plan it out. And everything's on an agenda and a schedule. And they're like these very ritual people. And it's because they're control freaks really. And I love that movie fight club. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a video log analyzing Fight Club. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow, that's cool. And um, yeah, and I, I, I think that this whole concept of when he's like, just let go, you know, 
yeah. and and just you know, just be just like forget all that stupid stuff forget all that just be who you are be real experience the pain in the here and now here it is right in front of you it's beautiful um that's that's the mindset to me that is that's living life to its fullest not this i'm gonna plan every fine detail of my life don't plan everything get out there and just start experiencing it don't plan where you're gonna go walking just start walking you know um and uh you know maybe just make sure you're home before dark (laughs) yeah yeah, when you, when you do that video as well, David, we'll, uh, we'll post that out with the listeners because I'll love to check that out as well. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. I'll definitely let you guys know. Definitely. If we could just give you one quick question and sure, yeah. final question. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a question we'll always ask all the guests as well. <laughs> what do you think is the next stage in human evolution? Okay, well, there's the next stage that's being proposed, which is that man merges with machines and technology and nanobots and all that, transhumanism. (laughs) And then there's the next stage of true evolution, which is that man remembers who he is, what his potential is, and um, connects to a whole other level of understanding true morality, um, what it is to be uh, a true human being what it is to have a healthy culture, what it is to have a healthy family unit, what it is to express oneself fully. Um, This is where many people, probably the people listening to this podcast, are heading in their own personal lives. And I applaud those people for doing that because just that action of going on that path is rebelling against society as it's currently headed. And you need to be rebels. So the spirit of rebellion in a positive sense um, is, is going to spur on, I believe, this next phase of, of human evolution and it has always been so throughout history it has always been a small group of people that rebelled against the status quo and said no i think we're going the wrong way i'm going to go this way and uh, here's what i think about it and then you get these brilliant works of of philosophy and writing and scripture and everything else so uh i think we're going to hit that again it's going to be like a new spiritual renaissance again in this time and i think we're living it right now and it is shows like this that are at the tip of the spear. And uh, that's, I think, where I would like to see the bulk of the human family move is in the direction of freedom, of, of morality, of true justice, and uh, to fully realize who and what they are and where we came from and where we can go and what our potential is. And that's where evolution is going to happen is when we start thinking like that. And I'm a strong supporter yeah, of it. Great. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to remain optimistic here. Yeah, I completely agree as well. I think we both agree as well, and that was a yeah, it was a definitely. beautiful answer. And it was a great note to leave the podcast on as well. But dear, I'd just like to say thank you so much for being an incredible guest. Thank you so much. Oh well, thank, thank you guys for for hosting me and anybody out there listening that wants some more information on on what I've been doing. You can check out my website, which is waythetruthwarrior.com. dot com. Um, I'm also exciting uh, excited to announce I'm going to be starting an amazing new podcast that's going to be distributed all over the place online. Um, uh, I'm going to be teaming up with Michael Tessarian to do it. It's going to be called Unslaved, and it's going to be featuring the concepts behind all of this. And um, I'm very excited to be launching that coming up very soon. And I'm also uh, going to be speaking at the Free Your Mind Conference again, which is April, I believe, April 7th, 8th, and 9th in Philadelphia. And um, I also have a forthcoming book, which I hope will be ready by that time. That'll be really just sort of encapsulating all these ideas that we have discussed. So I appreciate your guys' support. I love chatting with you and uh, I'd be more than happy to come on again. Yeah, definitely. Definitely be coming back on. Thank you so much, David. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for taking time out of your day to boost your consciousness. But guys, we really need your help. If you're loving the podcast, 
please pop over and leave us a review and tell us what you think. And also, don't forget to head over our website at ascendbodymind.com and check out our amazing gallery of other great episodes. Thank you and have a great day and join us next week in the next episode. Peace. Thank you.